Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors, no, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden here in New York City. And newsflash, Biden has been punked again by Putin. Biden saying, I'm going to tell him what I want him to know. We're going to get into that later, maybe. We'll see what happens. But relax. Look, I know many of you were afraid for President Biden's health after he was so close to so many of the world's leaders at the G7. But now we know that hydroxychloroquine is effective for COVID. So take it easy. He's got the Trump vaccine. He can take the hydroxychloroquine. Joe Biden, he's going to be A-OK. Don't worry about the president. That's a load off for all of us. Now, it's going to take a lot more than hydroxychloroquine for Biden to grow a set and stand up to Vladimir Putin. And all of these ransom attacks that are happening on our systems, our supply chain. But that's just one thing. Then we got, oh, yeah, good old AOC. She is sick and tired. AOC is sick and tired. And she was on TV today. And I want you to hear just a little bit of this clip of her whining. You know, I think that to say that, and I I believe that to assert that she was equating these two entities when she was speaking about the ICC investigations, in which all four parties are being investigated for investigated for instances of war crimes. uh, You know, I believe to sit to to assert that they that this was in uh, equating these two, I believe was not uh, it, it. was not a generous interpretation whatsoever. Um, and we know that, uh, you know, these very intense news cycles, which, by the way, started this whole hubbub started with right wing uh, news outlets taking what she said out of context. Andito, poor thing, AOC, poor baby. She's sick and tired of people coming at her homegirl, Ilhan Omar. And you remember Ilhan Omar, of course. She's the one that, uh, reference New Yorkers and what happened in the tragic 9-11 attacks as this. Care was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. Oh boy, some people did something. Yes, now, not only did some people do something, because when it was terrorists attacking the United States, that was some people doing something. But when it comes to the United States being an ally of Israel, now she decides to lump the United States in with all of the other terrorist groups. Check this out. I know you oppose the court's investigation in both um, Palestine and in Afghanistan. I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. 
And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. In Afghanistan, it includes crimes committed by the Af- Afghan national government and the Taliban. All right. Well, I'll tell you something that I'm sick and tired of. I am sick and tired of Ilhan Omar. How about that? I'm sick and tired of her friend AOC. Uh, let me take that back. AOC is somebody I would really like to engage in a conversation with because I think she she whines a lot. She's always complaining about something. But you know what? She's never willing to come on this program or any other program where she might be challenged because her ideas are radical and they're weak and they don't stand up to scrutiny. Now, you know, what's interesting is a couple of years ago, literally two years ago today or two years ago yesterday, I was marching in the Puerto Rican parade with the Guardian Angels, a safety patrol group here in New York City with Curtis Lee with their founder. And I saw AOC and I said, you know, I'm going to walk over there. She was marching behind a, a banner that said todos juntos, all together. Now, you may have heard me share this story, but bear with me because it was, I think, June 9th or June 10th of 2019. And I said, I walked over real fast. I was with my teenage daughter at the time. And I I crossed the street on Fifth Avenue. I go over and and she stopped to greet supporters. She's shaking hands along the sidelines, along along the barricade. And I said, Congresswoman, hi, Rich Valdez. And she just looked at me, kind of squinted, gave me this evil side eye look, turned around, literally pulled her hand back, jerked it away from the person she was talking to and started jogging across the street she sprinted to the other side of fifth avenue to get away from saying hello to me now i don't even know if she knew who i was but i'm pretty sure she did and the reason why is because she later acknowledged this whole thing by tweeting out or her team her spokesperson tweeted out the f-bomb and added me on twitter yeah that happened but then they realized we can't do that because if we shout this guy out then we acknowledge him and that's not right Delete the tweet, delete the tweet. So they did. They were quickly, quickly, you know, deleting the tweet. Problem was, first, her running away from me, that got caught by the New York Post. And that was a huge story in the New York Post of AOC running away from me. And there's video of it. It's on my Twitter if you want to check it out. She's running across the street as I go to shake her hand. And number two, the Washington Times. Yes, one of the few and faithful papers in the swamp, they decided to get a screen capture. And they got the what the F Rich Valdez blah, blah, blah tweet from her spokesperson and they published that and it was a funny thing. So you know what, AOC, we know that you like to dodge things. We know that you're afraid of standing up to people that challenge you. I don't want to be rude. I just want to ask questions. But that's how people are. So, you know, I I was hosting the Mark Levin show this Friday and uh, of course, AOC should have joined me there. But no, she chose not to. She likes to dodge the issues, just like she's dodging a lot of other issues. And I had reached out to her office a million times. She never responds. Now, what I want to get to is this. She says to her grandma or about her grandma's house in Puerto Rico, she says, oh, the roof came in because Trump hasn't given us any money, X, Y, and Z. And then it comes out in the news, her own aunt, see, la tía de ella, she says, No, mija, that's not the case. This had everything to do with corrupt. I I don't want to use the word corrupt. I'm going to use ineffective, ineffective governance on the island of Puerto Rico because they were ousted, right? The people marched on the state house, uh, the governor's mansion in Puerto Rico, and they got the governor out. And then they had an interim governor, and now they have a new governor. So, I mean, that to me is democracy in action. But that's what they did. But AOC falsely accused President Trump, who gave $20 billion, 13 and 7, one for infrastructure and the rest for aid. Now, I'm not saying 
that Trump, um, you know, didn't hold on to that money. He did because, again, we knew that this government was ineffective and that there may be susceptibility to corruption. So was Trump supposed to just hand over a bunch of money when we saw when we sent all that aid over initially bottles of water and food just started rotting? Of course not. He had to be judicious, which is something that I think President Trump always was. But the media loves to spin it in a different way. What's interesting is when you're ineffective, like AOC and her weak argument, people will always come at you with with whining and I want this and I want that. And but here's the problem. And you said this and you but they can never really make a case for themselves. And by that, I mean, one of AOC's acolytes, no doubt. And again, I'm just saying that tongue in cheek, but somebody who doesn't agree with me. Uh, called in while I was doing the Mark Levin show. And that person wanted to challenge me because I made a statement and I said, look, there's no doubt that there's racism in the world, but I don't think that there are entire systems that are systemically racist anymore. I believe we tore down redlining. I believe we tore down Jim Crow. We tore down so many institutionally racist systems. But he wanted to push back on that. Listen to this. Anybody who has an opposing opinion always gets to the front of the line and we've got Max in Washington, D.C. that wants to share his thoughts. And this is an open platform for you, Max. Go for it. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm sitting here. And first, before I, I say anything on my opinions, I wanted to clarify uh, your comments on systemic racism. He said earlier uh, that you understand racism can exist, but not necessarily systemic racism. Do you think that systemic racism as a concept just flat out does not exist. Can you point to an example of systemic racism today? Uh, well, first off, I'm just talking so about that's a no. the concept exists in a society. Are all. you able to so answer yes, the question? I can, actually. Uh, Go for it. Yes. So uh, I think redlining... Uh, Is redlining a process we use today? No, it's not. It's Can not you point to an example of systemic racism today? I think the effects of systemic racism, such as redlining, does carry Give you 10 seconds. Can you point to an example of systemic racism today? To build generational wealth, it's to buy a home. And if you are forcing groups of people based on race, based on religion... Your example is that people can't save money? It's that the system of redlining has prevented people from buying a home. Is redlining a system we use today? Stop being a clown and answer the question. I'm, I'm saying no, but that... All right, if, so you, you answer the question, no. Point, Which systemically racist system do you want to point out today? Uh, I, I think you can also look at policing. You can look at... Uh, so you're saying policing today is systemically racist? Yes. How so? If you look at... If you look at the demographics of police forces and communities of color and how oftentimes... I'm in New York. More than half of the police here are BIPOC. So you're saying it's black indigenous people of color that are being systemically racist towards other black indigenous people of color. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that if you look at police forces... It's a yes or no. It's not that difficult, Max. I'm trying to talk to you here. I'm trying to have a conversation, but you're getting circuitous. See, 
you're, you're trying to have, you're saying you're trying to have a no, conversation. No, I am trying. I'm asking you a question, and you're failing to answer it. And the reason you fail to answer it is because you don't have an answer. You want to call here and say, this is this, and that is that, and we've got this, and blah, blah, blah. And you want to cry from the rooftops, but you can't make a single example, and you live in the past. See, you're talking about how you want to have conversations, and you're not letting me make my point. And my point is that if you look at communities of color, they're often not policed by people from within those communities. So All right. Well, again, I made an you, example. The biggest police force in the United States of America, if not the whole world, is more than half minority. This is a community of color, New York City. Widespread evidence, multiple examples. Can you answer that question? You said that communities of color don't have police departments that mirror them, which, again, is in and of itself is stupid. That's like saying I'm turning on the radio and they better have a Puerto Rican host that was born in Brooklyn and loves America or I'm not listening because you're racist. Your point is based on nothing. No, my, again, if you look at redlining, you look at... Why would I look at redlining if it was ended by a matter of law? 50 years ago. If you look at, if, just because it was outlawed a long okay, time so ago. Okay, so that means it's illegal, that it doesn't exist. The system doesn't exist anymore, but its effects still do. It's like how a hurricane can pass through a city and not have the eye of the storm over the yeah, city well, anymore. Yeah, Ronald Reagan existed once, and he doesn't, and we still feel the effects of his legacy, but that doesn't mean that Reagan exists today. The points that you're making are just, quite frankly, asinine. I think uh, we give you one more shot to name a racist system today. I would say suspensions in schools. If you look at how white So school suspensions are in and of themselves a system? The, the punitive School discipline is, a, is an school. entire system that's racist? I think you don't even believe yeah. that one. Thanks for your call. The music means we got to go. This is what happens, folks. You try to have a conversation with someone. They, they just want to hear the sound of their own voice. Maybe Max should get into talk radio, start a podcast. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez in for the great one. All right, so that was just a clip. I had a lot of fun with Max. I'm not going to lie. It's like when you buy a dog a bone and he runs around the house. You know, I had a little fun. I tried to be nice. My approach is always to be nice. I want to win a friend. At the end of this, I hope you would have said, you know what, Rich, you're right. Let's go out for a beer. I would have said, sure, no problem. But... That wasn't quite the case. Anyway, I'm going to get into the media and a couple of more things. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. We're all part of your community. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora. All right, what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. Get at me at Rich Valdez on Parler, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like. By the way, I did, when I did the Mark Levin show on Friday, what was cool about it was I, this is the first time I've ever really done this for two full segments. I live streamed the program on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, uh, YouTube slash Rich Valdez, you could take a look at me doing that monologue in the first segment and the second segment. But what was cool about it was that I wore a shirt that has my face on it that says Rich Valdez. We now 
now have Rich Valdez. This is America Gear, and uh, the merch is available. If you want to check it out, go to my uh, Twitter or any of my social media. You can click on the link. You'll see a picture of me wearing the shirt with like a white blazer, and they're really cool shirts. I want to tell you something about the shirt. The shirt is cotton, American-made cotton. Not only that, they are fully printed right here in a uh, factory in New Jersey, in the United States, on a shirt. The shirt is called the USA Strong Shirt from Bella Canvas. That's the shirt that we use. We're making sure that we're using uh, um, American stuff because we want to do the right thing. Now, check that out. I also want to bring your attention to the the Mothership website, my main website. Whenever I'm doing anything other than the podcast, if you want to check me out on Newsmax, where I appear a couple of times a month, you want to go to richvaldez.com. That's richvaldez with an S, therichvaldez.com. That's where everything happens. You can see it there. You can actually listen to the first episode of This Is America. And I challenge you, anybody's going on a trip, a long trip, and you actually love the sound of my voice as much as I do, You can listen to as many episodes as you like. There's literally hundreds of them. Now, the media is what I want to get into. The media doesn't report things the way they ought to be reported. And right now, they're mad at the AG Merrick Garland over the Department of Justice's attempt to investigate leaked information. Now, this was an investigation that started under the previous Attorney General uh, Barr. Now, Trump always said that Schiff should be investigated for leaking because people said that he was a leaky faucet. Most of the leaking was done by Swalwell. We know that. He even leaked to a, a, I don't know if she's a prostitute or she's a spy, but Fang Fang from China. He got caught out there with that one. And their staff is known for leaking this stuff. But CNN attorney David Vigilante uh, just recently announced that he was under a gag order and could not even say that CNN reporters were being investigated for this leak uh, investigation. Now, Barbara Starr, she's a CNN correspondent that deals with foreign affairs. She was one of the prime targets of the investigation. I don't know what came out of it because, again, the whole thing was hush-hush, like uh, my buddy Curtis says, hush-hush-mush-mush. But we don't know. We don't know the whole deal here. But today happens to be the 50th anniversary of the Pentagon Papers, which were leaked and then published by the New York Times, who was also under a gag order, just like the Washington Post. And this is one of those things where people say, you know, Edward Snowden, just as an example, was he a patriot or was he a traitor? Did he do the right thing to sound the alarm that the government is overstepping their bounds? Or did he leak sensitive information and and hurt the country's national security. This is one of those debates. Honestly, I wake up some days, I'm on one side of the coin. Other days, I'm on the other. One thing I can tell you is Obama didn't pardon him and Trump didn't pardon him. So something tells me there's more to the story than we tend to hear. Anyway, so a bunch of media executives are going to be meeting with uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland to make sure the government doesn't do this again. How dare you? They're looking to change the rules to protect sensitive government records. Now, there was um, a lawyer, not a lawyer, the CNN White House bureau chief, Sam Feist. He was on with Brian Stelter, and I was watching a clip of that on the television. And he was just basically saying, look, you know, like the media typically. And again, while I may be part of the media, I didn't go to J school. I'm not that kind of media. Right. And this guy was and he was saying, you know, we had this is egregious. Now, listen, if the media really was the watchdog of the people coming out saying this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong, I would have so much respect for them because I'd say, you know what? doesn't matter who's in the White House. These guys are calling it like it is making sure that we, the people, have a media that's active and protecting us, uh, blowing the whistle when it needs to be blown. 
But instead, it's kind of like we have a media that says, oh, that's Trump. We hate his guts. Oh, that's Biden. Oh, just let it go. Just let it go. And it's because of that double standard. that Nobody wants to hear what they have to say. And including Kamala Harris, right? Unibision, the media of Unibision, and this is part of a montage that we have on Harris. But she sat down with a bunch of different media because, you know, she was in Guatemala and she got asked a really tough question. Why haven't you been to the border? She fell apart. I want you to listen to her stutter and uh, stammer and just fumble her way through this worse than I just did and even worse than AOC did in that earlier cut we played. Check this out. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. Listen. I could, I've been to the border before. I will go again. But when I'm in Guatemala, <laughs> dealing with root causes, I think we should have a conversation about what's going on in Guatemala. Can you commit right now that you will indeed visit the U.S.-Mexico border, and will you do it soon? Jeremy, let me tell you something. Yes, I will, and I have before. I've said I'm going to go to the border. And I, When are you going to the border, the Vice President? The administration has asked... I'm not finished. <laughs> I've said I'm going to the border. Oh, snap. I'm not finished. No te ponga de fresca que no termine. Man, a, uh, AOC. Kamala Harris, who I like to call que mala eres, que mala eres. That means how bad she is in Spanish. Vice President que mala eres really uh, took quite a little bit of sassitude with the Univision reporter, Univision reporter, who was uh, really just asking her, why haven't you been? When are you coming? What's the deal? What's good? To me, that's a legitimate question because, you know, every time there's a hurricane... The politicians show up once the the dust has settled and they're like, wow, we're touring the area. We're assessing the damage. And people are like, oh, we love you. Thank you for coming here in our time of need. And they come with maybe a bullhorn. They walk around. They give some hugs. And they're like, we're going to help you. We're going to help. Instead, she doesn't even show up. She's just like, yeah, I've been to the border. I've I've even been to Cancun. I haven't been to Europe, though. I haven't been there. She's a real sangana for saying that. But she made herself look stupid. And the media finally is holding her accountable because they're realizing, damn, the Republicans were right. How could that be? These people are turning a blind eye. We didn't see this type of thing under Trump. You got to see how people are just rolling in. I just saw a video today. Entire groups, people, they just help them in. They just help them right in because this is Biden who initially said, I'm not telling him not to come. Then his secretary of Homeland Security, Mallorcas, what did he say? He said, I'm not saying don't come. I'm just saying don't come now. This is months later. They're talking about 100,000 people a month coming through the border. And now Kamala Harris says, I'm here to say don't come, don't come, which once she got back stateside, she kind of walked back. But this is the media for you. This is the same media that... Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade just will cover up anything that they don't care about. It's such a joke. For example, CNN, they welcome back Jeffrey Tubin after his Mastergate scandal, right? His personally pleasurable scandal on Zoom. Now, listen, um, Benny Johnson put a, a, a funny meme on Instagram and he said, this took a lot of courage for Mr. Tubin. He should give himself a hand. <laughs> I thought 
Jeffrey Tubin, what a jerk off. But anyway, I want you to hear this clip. Check this out. Let's bring in CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin to talk about this and more. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Allison. It's been a while. It has been a while, indeed. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors. <laughs> Help yourself. Okay. Um, in October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right. Sad to say. Okay, so let's start there. Okay. Um, to quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so, thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible. But, I mean, that, that, is, part of, that, that is part of the story. Um, and, you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly confess, um, trying to be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue to do. <laughs> well, if you did all that, then everything is forgiven, right, Jeff? I mean, because the guy rubs one out while he thinks he's on a break and his camera's still going. Now he's feeding the homeless. He's working at a food bank. Somehow, how does that even equate? Listen, I don't understand if this happens to anybody. One of the things that you want to do is you want to say, listen, hey, I decided to do something stupid and I got caught on tape. My bad. Right. Trump gets caught saying whatever to Billy Bush. And he says, listen, locker room talk, folks, locker room talk. Why not follow that lead? Instead, Tubin's here. Well, you know, folks, I'm now feeding the homeless because, well, because I like to uh, rub my Johnson. That's right. President Johnson needed a massage during this Zoom meeting. The guy is ridiculous. Camarada, more ridiculous for even entertaining this stupidity. I, I lose more credibility for her, right? She's done for me. Not that she really had much of a lifeline before this, but I mean, I think this looks like a rehearsed, uh, choreographed, propagand propagandistic lie and sham. The whole thing. It just looks fake, phony fraud, like Bob Grant used to say. That's my thought on that. And what's interesting is there's a couple of people out there that still have some credibility. NBC News headline by Marcy Bianco. She's a culture critic. She says Jeffrey Tubin's return to CNN as a legal analyst on Thursday was a master class in how to evade accountability. Good for you. USA Today says the problem with Jeffrey Tubin's apology. That's their headline. CNN legal analyst, this is a little bit from that article. CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin returned to the network Thursday after being fired from his job at New Yorker last fall for masturbating on a Zoom call with his coworkers. His first act back at work, thank God it wasn't another act of masturbation, but it was to apologize to the public and the family and his uh, coworkers. Now, some viewers have suggested that Tubin's return was an apt reminder that a rich white man can do anything and not lose anything. 
Journalist Megyn Kelly tweeted, There is not a woman alive who could have done anything close to what Jeffrey Tubin did, not that one would, and have kept her job. What a disgusting, incestuous boys club this is. It's, and she said, she's so damn tired of it. Let me tell you, I'd rather listen to Megyn Kelly complain about what she's sick and tired of than listen to what AOC says she's sick and tired of. And they go on to talk about ca- cancel culture and cowardice and all this stuff. Bottom line is, the guy did something stupid. I- I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've never done anything stupid. I've never been caught doing that. But my point is, people get caught doing stupid things you take it on the chin, you move on. Now, some of you are saying he already did that. I'll say, I don't think so. I think, you know, maybe he did, but CNN is the culprit. CNN didn't have to parade him uh, around and create this dog and pony show to bring him back. They could have done the right thing and just said, you know what, this probably isn't appropriate. Or maybe Jeff Zucker, he could have came out and said, you know what, we believe in second chances and we're going to give Jeffrey a second chance. Punto y final. Not this stupid show and sham to insult the intelligence of the viewers. That's why I get upset with the media. And, you know, just one final point that I want to punctuate. When it was last year and it was Trump and it had nothing to do with any of this stupid stuff. He took a picture holding a Bible in front of a church. It was the biggest thing ever. And we talked about this already, but I want to punctuate it because why? They said that Trump used tear gas to clear a park and that Jim Acosta was shocked, right? I heard Jim Acosta say, I'm shocked at all of this. They're whitewashing the IG report. And I think to myself, shocked at what? Shocked at what? They put out the report and even even the Democrats, the IG that's there now serving Biden said, this had nothing to do with Trump. And they didn't use tear gas. It was pepper spray. And the whole thing was, we did that. He happened to come out because we were putting up the fence and he wanted to do his photo op. Had nothing to do. We didn't clear it for him. Bottom line, something he said, and they said he was a liar back then. That's today's media, and that's what gets me disgusted. Anyway, keep it locked right there because straight ahead, I want to talk about what happened this weekend. A couple of final thoughts before we go. Keep it locked. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. We're all part of your community. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious... Say something to local authorities. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And please uh, get at me on social media. I want to hear your commentary. Listen, if you got a good critique, I love to entertain that. As you can tell, I like to go back and forth with people. I believe in the exchange of ideas. I believe mine are better than yours, and I'm willing to put them to the test. So do that at Rich Valdez on Parlor, at Rich Valdez on Instagram, wherever you want, and we will exchange some ideas. But I want to talk about criminal race theory. No, not critical race theory. I'm renaming it criminal race theory because I think the whole thing is criminal in and of itself. But before I get into that, you know, you don't have to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company to experience what small business offers. You know, it's something like 80% of small businesses fail within their first year. But that experience in and of itself will make you better. It makes a change in your life. It reminds me of a caller that called into Mark Levin show on Friday and it's a positive call. And I want to share it with you. Check this out. And in there, let's go to Irving in Ashburn, Virginia. What's going on, Irving? Yes. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. 
Yeah, so um, I'm also a young uh, Latino conservative. Well, and welcome it's to truly the party. embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, thank you. It's, it's truly embarrassing that we have a president like Biden right now uh, representing us, especially young uh, Latino conservatives, because we come, for example, if they try, uh, liberals and progressives say that they are oppressed, that they are the oppressed peoples of this country. But truly, I would say uh, people who, who came here legally to the immigration uh, uh, system that is truly broken in this country, they're the actually oppressed ones. Yeah, well, let let me ask you a question, Irving, because you mentioned you were Latino, so that means you fall into a category of people that um, the squad would call brown, right? Because they live their lives through the lens of racism, and everything has to be black or brown. And they talk about Tupac. Nope, hold on, I got that wrong. It's not Tupac. It's BIPOC, black indigenous people of color. So as a BIPOC yourself, Irving, as a Hispanic... um, how oppressed do you feel today? Uh, not at all, because... Uh, well, hold I on a second. Am- Every time I turn on CNN, MSNBC, because I follow the news, I, I like to see what's going on with the, our friends on the left, and they told me that if you're brown or black, that you are oppressed. So how could you say you're not feeling oppressed? Because they're, honestly, they're liars. <laughs> they're, and that, that's what we need to start doing, especially um, in the younger generation. They are the, the the silent majority. They truly are. You can ask any, for example, uh, college students nowadays. They do not uh, accept the indoctrination. Of course, accept them. Like liberal cities, like uh, California, New York, all those places is is truly just going to waste. And it's a shame that we have uh, people like that governing our country. Uh, so I feel like what we need to do, especially as younger people, uh, if there's any younger people listening to this, uh, like radio like this or conservative radio, we truly have to start doing our research because it's it's a shame that there's just so much going on. Well, you know, it's funny you say me, that. I mean, I wish there were lots more younger people listening to conservative radio. I think it's one of the best things that I ever did as a young man. But I, I want to ask you this because you mentioned that, you know, people that come here the right way and that you were Hispanic. So. What is it that you think is so great about America that you aren't oppressed? The freedom to make money. We see all these policies that uh, we try to implement in, for example, Central America and uh, the rest of the world, policies that have just failed, uh, like foreign aid, stuff like that. And it's turned those countries, uh, excuse my language, uh, a hellhole, uh, because people don't have the freedom to make the money the way they want to. And in America, that is honestly such a blessing because you can make money being uh, for example a musician in the arts yeah. or a laborer like for example uh, an HVAC technician or a plumber there's endless bounds of money making and that's how we truly live which is the pursuit of life liberty and happiness and privacy as well, well amen Irvin thank you for that call you know what this kid had it spot on you could hear in his voice very young guy and he was passionate. He was genuine. He he was just telling the truth. And I love that just regular people that decide to pick up the phone and call into the Mark Levin show. And it's such an honor to fill in for Levin. And that's why I'm bringing you these little clips. Uh, I'm not breaking my arm, patting myself on the back, although I normally do. But I'm pretty dexterous, so I, I don't have to break my arm when I pat myself on the back. But I did it really to show you that callers from different parts of the country have such divergent views and we're willing to have this big conversation. And I think that's a real blessing. And his story, he mentioned what 
he feels is the right thing here in America. What makes it so great for him was the ability to earn money, this economic liberty that we have that's not tied down by the policies of AOC if she had her way. And it makes me think of a buddy of mine, Murdoch. Murdoch is a rapper. I met him in Teaneck, but he's from Belize and he's back in Belize now taking care of his elderly parents. But he's living the American dream. Because he saw the value in coming to the United States. His parents saw the value. They raised him here. He served in the Marine Corps here. And he fought for a country he wasn't even born in. But he's a hip-hop musician today. He sees the value of the free market because business is business and money talks. And if he can make records that people want to buy, he can make a living. So now he lives in this island paradise in Belize and, and he makes music. And I think to myself, that, that's what so many people want to do. They just want to have economic liberty. They just want to make it. And on Saturday... I met with a group of conservatives in Bergen County. And this is kind of the, the, you know, the tongue-in-cheek questions that I had for the caller, Irving, about critical race theory, or I should say criminal race theory. And I met with a group of conservatives in Bergen County, New Jersey, and, you know, also known as um, where Eric Adams actually lives, you know, close to Fort Lee. And one woman, Lourdes, she's a uh, American of Cuban descent. She told a story because she's a realtor about a developer that looked at a property that she was showing and freaked out when he saw that the person living there had a copy of Hunter Biden's book on their nightstand. And he said, if that's the kind of people that live here, I'm out of here. <laughs> and that happened in Bergen County. I thought that was really funny. And they were together. That was a joke that she she made to the group. And it was real, though. It was a real story. But they were there for the purpose of organizing to stop critical, or as I'm going to call it from now on, criminal race theory. And this criminal race theory, I think, is the new Trump immigration issue. And what I mean by that is back in 2015, immigration was a problem just like it is today. I don't know if you remember, there were caravans. It was all over TV, like a war. Any channel you turned on, there were, you know, a mile long caravans that were coming in and Trump got elected and that stopped. And then he said, we're putting up walls. We're putting up balls. In fact, now even Governor Perry, no, excuse me, not Governor Perry, Governor Abbott uh, is now saying he's putting up a wall because the federal government has failed to act. Now, people think, oh, you can't do that because, well, you know what? He, just like any other state, can say, I have become a sanctuary state. I'm going to use nullification, right? They nullify federal law to take on federal uh, jurisdiction to make it their problem, like immigration. New Jersey state doesn't have the authority under any constitution to say, we are going to nullify federal law, which covers the jurisdiction of immigration, and we're going to accept immigrants here. They don't have that right. It just, it's not legally sound, but they do it anyway. So Governor Abbott has decided to take the same approach and say, well, we are going to defend ourselves as a state because I'm going to put up the remaining part of the wall. So kudos to him. But the issue of immigration to me is a wedge issue, just like critical race theory, because you know what? This is getting moms out of their seats and saying, you know what? Yeah, that's enough. Basta. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And I think when you have issues like that, these wedge issues, this is what brings about change. Now, I just wanted to give you a, a quick uh, update, a uh, headline I'm looking at. It says here that a Virginia judge has now reversed the decision and ordered that the gym teacher, Mr. Tanner, I'm forgetting his last name, forgive me, has must be reinstated from his suspension because he had objected to certain policies. So good for him. And there's another story here, a teen unloading on a Virginia school board, telling them your proposed policies are dangerous and rooted in sexism. And I don't have that audio for you today, but I will have it on the Tuesday edition of This is America. So make sure you come back. 
Now, as Americans, I believe that we need to stick together. And there was a New York Islanders game the other day, a hockey game in New York, and they showed how they stuck together when the woman that came out to sing the national anthem, I know you've heard this, but you know what? It just brings such joyful emotion to the soul because it doesn't matter what political party you're from. You should be able to get behind something like this when everybody started belting out the national anthem. Check this out. And now, please join Nicole Revive as we sing together our national anthem. Oh, just absolutely amazing. It's great to see patriots getting together. And listen, America is great. Don't listen to uh, idiots like Essential Andy Cuomo from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast, the governor of New York, or the crooked politicians in D.C. that are confiscating and redistributing your tax dollars. America is great. And, you know, every now and again, and we're going to wrap, but I want to share a thought with you because somebody sent me a, a note. And if you want to send a note, go to richvaldez.com, richvaldez with an S. The richvaldez.com is our flagship website. And they use the um, email rich section or contact us, whatever it's called. And he asked a question about foreign aid and why we give so much of it away. And I said, look, in my opinion, foreign aid is essentially a bribe so that the U.S. can do X, Y, and Z in a given country or so that that given country won't jump into bed with our enemies. But some politicians see this as an opportunity to send, for example, $40 million so they can maybe skim half of that back for themselves in a kickback deal with that same foreign government. Kind of like crooked cops that may, sh- uh, excuse me, that may shake down drug dealers. That type of thing. Now, there is a few good people in Congress, but most of them need to be replaced by average Americans, citizens like you who love this country. Sadly, Most people are afraid to run for office and are experts at making excuses for why they can't run for office. Kind of like making excuses for losing rather than making excuses for winning. But we don't have to look too far because Trump did exactly that. He showed us how to win. And we also saw it recently, going back to the the siphoning of money, $1.9 trillion. And guess what? 400 billion now are missing. They believe to have been funneled through unemployment funds to China, to Russia. 
I mean, this is incredible, but this is what we get in these blue state bailout packages. Shoot, I'm about to get in line and try and get me some of this uh, PPP uh, pandemic money because I didn't make as much money as I could have in the pandemic. But you've got people getting $27,000 in New York if they were in jail at the time the money came out. $27,000 if you can prove that you were an illegal alien, which shouldn't be that hard because you don't really get a paper saying, hey, you're an illegal alien. $27,000 from the state of New York because of that uh, Biden cash grab and redistribution. So listen, fighting corruption, the point here, fighting corruption is important at every single level of government, whether it's the White House, whether it's the state house in New York or any other state. And that's why we have to support candidates running for office. We have to get involved with local campaigns. We have to do those things. Now, listen, as a... Uh, broadcaster, I don't really get into the business of uh, endorsing people and whatever, but as a private individual, I happily get behind certain campaigns. And that's why I've been helping out Curtis Sliwa. That's why I've endorsed Vicky Palladino, because these people, I think, are the right people for the job here in New York. They're going to make America a little bit better right here in New York City. Anyway, you keep it locked until the next one. <laughs> because we're going to have a great show on Tuesday. But hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and I share this admonition with you. If we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't do nothing. Do something. Get out there and help a campaign. Make some phone calls and do something that's going to make your immediate neighborhood that much better. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.